Hello, Four Sober Chicks podcast listeners. We are Heather, Meredith, Dana, and Tracy, four women recovering out loud. We gather here from around the world to discuss all things related to alcohol addiction, sobriety, and various paths to recovery. We get real about the highs, the lows, and the amazing reality of living a sober life. This podcast is a creative collaboration by women, for women, and for anyone who supports women. Hello, everybody. This is Tracy with Four Sober Chicks, and I'm so happy to be here tonight with Heather, Meredith, and Dana. And tonight we are going to talk about pain to passion. I'm so excited to talk about this um, topic. Um, All of us on this podcast um, have, have done that. You know, we turn our, for me, I turned my pain from alcoholism um, into sexy sober, which, uh, you know, sobriety is my passion. And, um, and that platform really gave me a lot of happiness and joy, confidence, empowerment uh, in my sobriety. And, you know, I see, I see each of these women here on this podcast uh, doing the same thing with their recovery coaching and businesses. And so I just want to talk about that a little bit and what that looks like and, and how it's, how it's empowered you and your sobriety. So Dana, you want to go ahead and start? You got the green box. Uh, I knew you were going to put me on the spot with that one. Nope, you're it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think this whole podcast started from pain to passion. So, um, we literally are living our best selves at this point. And, um, you know, mine, mine started with the recovery coaching and, um, realized that it bled into so many other avenues of my life and not, I haven't been doing one-on-one coaching lately because I just don't have the time and that's not fair to, to clients, but it has bled into my corporate life. It has bled into um, external workshops and public speaking and all of these different things that you would have asked me five years ago, what I would be doing in five years. This is not it. (laughs) Um, but it absolutely is my passion with, um, being able to recover out loud, being able to speak openly at work. I think that is the biggest one for me. I think there's still so much stigma and shame, um, in the workplace. And that goes for white collar, blue collar, all of it. Um, and I think we're making a difference at this point. I think, um, as bad as the pandemic was, is, um, you know, it's brought to light mental health issues. It's brought to light addiction issues and substance use disorders and things like that. And I have been, um, blessed and, graced with the ability and the freedom to be able to bring it to work, to be able to bring a program to work, which started as Reclaim Your Moxie, where, um, you know, I do do addiction awareness within that, but I also do a lot of self-awareness, mental well-being, those types of things. And that has um, led me to the dream I had for Oracle. And that was creating an, an ERG, which is Oracle mm-hmm. Alliance for recovery. And that launches March 2nd and, um, yay. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait. <laughs> um, I get to be the co-chair and, you know, we get to make a difference and 
you know, it's even the little things like we figured out how to create a workflow in Slack, which is a messaging system that we use here for anonymous posts. So people can respond to questions and ask for help and ask for resources and their name doesn't pop up. And it's already garnered so much more engagement. And I think it's really going to make a difference. Um, Amazing. So that's, yeah, that's where know, my passion is right now. <laughs> well, I commend you because I know when I first got sober, I was speaking to my daughter about my alcoholism and she was worried you know, what, what would your work, what's your work going to say? Are you going to lose your job? And, you know, there is fear, right? You don't want to look as weak. Absolutely. You don't want to look like you're not at the top of your game. Um, you're sick, you know, but you're, you're, you're there, you're performing. And, um, and yeah, we had to, we had to work through that. And my work actually was pretty supportive. They did not have a program involved, but you know, there was a lot of cheerleaders there because it's funny when you do recover out loud, you learn you're not the only one in that office yes. that's either sober or, or you know struggling with alcoholism. A lot of times in sales, you can see it, but you know, you don't want to talk about it. There's a lot of drinking in that atmosphere for sure. Um, yeah. So yeah. So kudos to you, Dana. I love it. And I can't wait to yeah, hear about what too. happens on March 2nd. Yeah. I can't wait either. The announcement goes out this week. So it goes out Wednesday. <laughs> Very cool. What about you, Heather? Because I know that you concentrate a lot on art um, besides student, I mean, your recovery coaching, but you intermingle that with art and that's another passion of yours. So tell us a little bit about that. So, well, I'm an art therapist, you know, um, I, you know, an art therapist are master's level therapists. They're, cl they're, they're clinicians that just use art. And my pursuit of being a therapist definitely came from the pain of being um, a child of, you know, who had been abused, who had been, who had lost, had lost both my parents, um, who had seen addiction firsthand as a child and had the repercussions of all of that. Um, and so my first profession was definitely from that pain, because it's not that you know what your clients are going through because no one can truly know what someone is going through, even if you've gone through something similar. But the the fact that I had an awareness and I could empathize and I could uh, relate, you know, to my clients in a, in, a, in a different way than someone that's never been through that kind of creates a different kind of relationship. Um, and that's where I started. And a lot of therapists have histories. You know, there's, there's a term called wounded healer, you know, um, but then I myself from the history and from my past, you know, relied heavily on substances to manage that. And, and in fact, it was one of my jobs that, that kind of re-traumatized me and getting sober and working with a recovery coach myself, that was a game changer. And the reason that I specific, I didn't go and become an addictions coach or, or addictions therapist or addictions counselor, I think the reason I focused on recovery coaching is because there's so many great places that have treatment programs, right? What I see in the continuum of treatment that lacks is the support for people when they're outside treatment and they're trying to live a sober life. You know, you can go and do things for 30 days or for, you know, 28 days or whatever it is, 
but a lot of people really struggle when they get out and go back to their home environment. And I did. And mm -hmm. so having that recovery coach really helped me. And I worked with him for a year, really helped me to get that foundation that I needed to have long-term sobriety. And, um, and that is one of the reasons that I chose this new kind of level of, of work and became a certified professional coach and then a, a certified recovery coach was so that I could support people in that. And that is what my passion is right now. You know, predominantly we're working with women um, just because that's a, a, an experience that I understand and I'm familiar with. Um, but being able to really be there for someone as they learn to use these skills in the everyday pressures, right? Like that's when the, it, when the rubber hits the road. So, um, so it, it's kind of twofold, you know, it's, it's understanding how hard something is, but it's also having the perspective of how amazing it can be and then supporting someone in that journey. Um, so that's kind of, uh, where I come from. And then the art is just how I think my father was an artist. I've been making art since I was like old enough to hold a brush. You know, I was always in the studio and doing all of that stuff. And so it is a way I express myself. It is a way that I process emotions. Um, I don't create a lot of artwork for sale. My artwork is really about something very personal. Um, and so I don't know how else to do it. And, and over the years I've incorporated the expressive arts therapies where I'm now using music and movement and art. And a lot of that has to do with how it addresses the brain and how it, you know, which with those of us who have addiction and those of us who've experienced trauma, it impacts our brains in a very significant way. And the art is, and the movement and the music are able to address the brain in a different way that talk therapy doesn't necessarily address. And it really helps clients to manage stress and anxiety and depression and the things that come along with when you start to feel those feelings, when you start mm -hmm. to live a sober life. And so we need to replace that with something, you know? And so art is an option. Music is an option. Movement is an option um that kind of just gives a whole bunch more tools so that's why they're all kind of interconnected for me i love it thank you you're welcome what about you meredith tell us uh what, how you've turned your pain into passion oh you're still on mute <laughs> um so i had been sober roughly five years um when a friend of mine who had actually gotten sober after me uh went to um the same recovery uh recovery coach thing and and for me like I just always had questions I am like that no but I want to know why and you know I just wanted the facts and I wanted the science behind stuff. Like I am a very nerdy person like that. Um, and so I was like, man, I, I don't know if I, my version of prior to getting certified, I'll say, 
I was like, man, I don't know if I want a 3 a.m. phone call from someone who's about to relapse. Like my version of recovery coach was completely different than what it actually is. Um, and so I genuinely looked at the program because I was like, man, I'm going to, it's going to be information overload. And that's exactly what it was, but in a really good way. Um, and what strikes me as interesting is, um, you know, my background with my mom, the whole nine, I remember multiple times because it was quite a while to get certified. Um, I remember thinking, man, if I would have known this when my mom was still alive in active addiction, I genuinely feel like this could have reshaped or, or helped me reframe her in her addiction. Maybe our relationship would have been better. Maybe I would have been more understanding because I was the daughter of an alcoholic who was like, how are, how are your grandkids not even enough to quit mm -hmm. drinking? Like I could not comprehend what was going through her mind. And so if I, and that was when I just dove headfirst into the neuroscience of stuff um, to the point where now, you know, with our podcast and me being very vocal about being in recovery, when people come to me and they're like, I just don't understand. I'm like, oh, sister, like, <laughs> here's why you don't get it. Here's why they don't even get it. You know, and so I, that, that part of trying to get people to understand the mental capacity of someone in addiction, mm -hmm. I genuinely think could save marriages, relationships, like so many other different things, because I do think that it, it could have helped me understand my mom better. And, and is it a regret that I have? Like, no, everything happens for a reason. But I do genuinely feel like I am meant in some way, shape, or form to always recover out loud, but to really try to help those other people who are watching a loved one go through addiction, just be able to process and understand, maybe not accept because it's really hard, um, but maybe to be like, okay, and what are ways, you know, that you can help um, mm -hmm. in the space up here in between their ears. Um, I do feel like that's a really, really, really big thing for me um, to the point where like, I've actually, I'm a horrible writer, um, but I've started doing research on ghostwriters on how do I publish a book? I want to almost partner with someone who's in that neurobiology realm and kind of come together as two to kind of bring different perspectives from each because I don't, honestly, I don't have the time to study to be a neurobiologist. Like I, I would rather be able to partner with someone who already has that expertise, um, to bring almost like a toolkit for that plus one, you know, that plus one person yeah. who is the mom or the wife or the brother or the daughter, of that person in addiction, because there's zero resources out there for people like that. There is Al-Anon, um, which I know is is great for people, um, but having that toolkit and having multiple things in that toolkit, I mean, obviously someone in recovery, that's very important. 
um, is that you have multiple things that you can tap into those people supporting someone going through addiction. They don't have a lot, um, nor do they understand. And I think that that understanding for me was like my big aha moment where I was like, oh my God, I was such a bad daughter. Like I, I was so mad at my mom. I could not understand it. And now that Mm -hmm. I do, I've been able to have that piece, you know, and, um, have kind of, that was actually what led me to have huge forgiveness for my mom years after she was dead. Um, so that's been a, I would say a really, really big thing for me. Wow. You know, it's, it's, I'm going through something right now in my life where I'm experiencing a lot of pain and that's a breakup with someone and it's really painful. And and the experience that I had was just, it was, um, it was unpleasant. And through this, you know, this, 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 this term came up and it made me realize that that's what I did with my sobriety. And that's, I turned my pain to passion and that was through sexiest sober. And that was by getting back into my creativity, you know, posting, um, taking pictures that, you know, explain my journey and, and then, and then feeling empowered and beautiful when I didn't, you know, feel beautiful or, or smart and fun when I, you know, when in early stages of sobriety, and even sometimes today, like, you know, I'm posting, I'm posting in Sexy Super right now to, it's therapeutic for me. It's, it's helping me push through the pain because I'm turning it into something good. And I am helping other people and I'm helping myself and I'm helping my sobriety. And also, and I think for all of us, it, it keeps me, um, accountable for my sobriety. I can't be sexy or sober if I'm not sober anymore. You know, I don't know about you guys. You maybe could be recovery coaches if you went back and, and worked sober, but I don't know how, how would you feel about that? I mean, or would it, yeah, I mean, you're all nodding your heads. They can't hear you, but you know, it's, it's these, it's, it's these choices that we've made. And I think they're instigated by it sounds like one, we had this experience and we want to share it and we want to share it out loud so we can help just one other person. And then, and then we find ourselves taking on the responsibility that we feel in sobriety and we're putting ourselves out there to be sober, to be leaders, to be creatives, to be coaches. And it's, and you know, it's, I know for me, I couldn't be sexy or sober if I'm not sober. I'd rather be sober. I'd rather be, I would rather be sexy and sober. That that makes me happy. That's my passion. And all that's got with me. So so do you guys have anything to you know say well, about would, that? Yeah, like, I mean, just... I think the point about like it does keep you accountable when you recover out loud. I mean, obviously everybody has, you know, people um stumble, they have, you know, moments of like we, people relapse, you know, and a lot of people learn very valuable lessons through that process. Um, do I have a relapse in me? Possibly. I'll never say never because I can only do this sobriety 24 hours at a time. Yeah. However, I think that because of my job, because of my passion, because of how much I want to inspire someone, if I had a drink in my hand, I would be thinking about that. Like, I think it takes a, 
I think it may be even harder to hit the fuck it, you know, fuck it switch because um, I would have to be brutally honest in all of these avenues and mm-hmm. all of these places in my life. And, you know, and that's kind of where having a community is valuable because we support one another, we empower one another, and we also help to keep one another accountable because what you do by yourself and privacy and and where no one can see you, you know, like that weighs on you, but it's in a different way than when you do it publicly. So I definitely think that it keeps you accountable. And, and how would I, I mean, like I'm cheering these people on, I'm saying you can do it. You can do it through this hard time, you know, like (laughs) that doesn't feel like it it doesn't feel genuine to me. Um, So I definitely think it helps with the accountability. Yeah. Well, and I also I think that the it's uh for me. I think that purpose is is kind of like if when you're in that or not purpose, the passion is when you're in the recovery boat. It's almost like a never ending thing, you know. Like, yeah, when I first started going through the recovery coaching, that was huge. But then that transpired into this podcast, which then is transpiring. So I, I, there's so many different levels that once you're, I think, at that level of being so passionate about it, you will figure something out on how you can let that passion kind of shine through to other people. Um, so it's not like a oh, Heather, you know, she's got the art thing down and Dana's got the corporate thing down. Like we're always evolving, you know, but Mm -hmm. we know how important, because yes, it is accountability 100%. But we also know how much possibility is out there and how much this needs to happen, you know, and, and our passion for this podcast is to create or to end the stigma of addiction. And have it not be this taboo thing. And it's slowly, I think, you know, it's starting, starting to do that across the world, which is great, but there's still a lot of work, um, that needs to be done. And we're just trying to be loud about that. Love it. Yep. Absolutely. I agree with everybody. Huge kudos to you because I know that what you're doing at your business, it's not just a company with 50 employees. Like you guys have thousands of people who work for you. Um, I think that is absolutely huge. And Mm -hmm. I think more companies need to take note of what is actually happening in their workforce. And I mean, to have a corporation actually care Instead of being like, oh, you have a problem. So that's why you suck at work or you know what I mean? Right. Because that is a big thing. Uh, Just like we said, the fear of losing your job or whatever the case may be, like the fact that your company is kind of hugging those people is what our world needs more of. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, we have. We have over 150,000 employees global. So we're hoping to, to reach a whole bunch because we don't want 
just the people that are in recovery or curious. We want those allies because this program also stretches to families, giving them resources with EAPs and, and so many other things that, um, yeah, my, my biggest want this year is to have a sober event at Cloud World. <laughs> So I'm just yeah. putting that out there for anybody at Oracle listening to this. <laughs> I love it. Yes. That's, that's what I want to happen. That's amazing. <laughs> well, I think it will. I think it will. You just said it out loud. And if you're going to dream, yeah. dream out loud. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, women. I applaud you all for turning your pain into passion because I know I benefit from it. Um, coming onto this webcast or podcast every week and meeting with you all and 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 he hearing the stories of the people that we have come on and the guests and, and the more guests to come, it's just remarkable. Um, I know that we're doing good things. And so I appreciate it very much. I'm very grateful. Gratefulness is happiness. And I can't wait to see what we evolve into individually and then together as four sober chicks. Yay. So I want to thank everybody tonight for listening. Um, if you like this uh, podcast, we invite you to listen to it on, on many of our platforms. But we also, if you want to see us, we are on YouTube. Um, and you can please subscribe to us and view us there as well if you want to see our faces with our voices. <laughs> and until next week, stay sober. And, um, and thanks for listening. Thanks for being here and giving us one hour of your day. Thanks so much for joining us today. We appreciate you and wish you the best on your sober adventures. For more information and details on upcoming episodes, check us out on YouTube or Instagram at 4SoberChicks. That's number 4SoberChicks. We welcome your feedback and look forward to being with you on the next episode.